Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Listening to Spurs Cast, episode 474. My name is Paul Garcia and I'm the host of Spurs Cast. Joining me on episode 474 is Project Spurs' own Steven Anderson. You can follow him on Twitter at Steve M. Anderson underscore. In this latest episode, Steven and I will break down the Spurs' last three games, then we will discuss Kawhi Leonard's return against the Dallas Mavericks. Then I'm going to ask Steven a question about whether or not he thinks Coach Popovich will stagger the minutes between Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge a bit more this season once both of them uh, get into their normal minutes routine. From there, we will go over the SpursCast questions that you all sent to us using the hashtag SpursCast on Twitter. And lastly, we'll preview the Spurs' upcoming three games uh, that they're going to play in next. So please enjoy my conversation with Steven Anderson. And now live with me via Skype is Project Spurs' own Steven Anderson. Steven, how are you doing, man? Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing very well. So, hey, man, I hear you're about to graduate from from, uh, from college here. So uh, congratulations, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Yep, Saturday. Can't wait. Uh, by the time they hear this, it'll be two days away. So I'm very excited. Yeah, thanks. Awesome, man. That's a, that's a great feat there. Um, c- congratulations, uh, you know, not just for myself, but from, you know, all the Project Spurs staff. We're re- definitely rooting for you there. Um, and have, have fun this weekend um, at, at your graduation and then going forward into the future. Okay, Spurs cast listeners, Stephen and I are going to go ahead and get into um, – first, first we're going to break down the Spurs' last three games. The Spurs went 2-1 and one since the last time I recorded um, Spurs cast episode 473. Uh, they beat the best team at the time in the league, uh, the Boston Celtics, by three points at home in San Antonio on Friday night. Then the Spurs took you know half their team to Phoenix. Those was a lot of the young guys. They let a lot of the veterans stay home and rest. And the Spurs won that game by three points uh, in Phoenix. It was a close one where San Antonio was up, I think, 19 or something. But Phoenix did come back there. And then lastly, uh, the Spurs just recently uh, suffered their first loss. Um, they lost to Dallas uh, by six points out of those three games uh, in Dallas. And that was it was kind of a wonky game where it was Kawhi's first game back. So, you know, and then the rest of the team kind of didn't feel in sync. And they were kind of keeping Kawhi on a minutes restriction. So, Stephen... Trying to keep Kawhi out of this because he's going to be our, our first topic in a little bit here. Uh, what did you just think right. overall of the Spurs' last three games and that win over Boston, the win over Phoenix, and then the loss in Dallas? Well, I'll go in bullet points starting with Boston. I, I To me, that was with the most impressive win to me of the season because you, you, you go up against a team that burned you up in Boston. Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving, so he's going to do his thing. But, I mean, and, and then he came here, had 36 points on uh, last Friday, and – you know, I was thinking, okay, this is going to be another Kyrie Irving typical game, and he's going to do his thing, and I'm interested to see how the Spurs respond. And, of course, they're going to go to their workhorse, LaMarcus Allridge, and that's exactly what they did. But it's how they won it, particularly because you're, you're missing your best friend, every B candidate and Kawhi Leonard at the time. 
you know, you, you're going up against a team that has all their players, except for Gordon Hayward. Obviously, he got hurt the first game of the season. Uh, so, to me, that was impressive because Kyrie Irving is going crazy. You don't have your best defender to, to put on him, and yet you still win the game on a uh, – it took a 40-year-old Monte Ginobili to hit the game winner. But, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that to me that was impressive. They did very well in that game. Uh, and I, I feel particularly that game is kind of a turning point because, you know what, if they can beat a team like Boston, they and they, they hung in with Golden State uh, earlier in the season when Golden State came here to San Antonio. Of course, we all know what Golden State did the second half of that game. But that, to hang with them the way they did with Golden State, you hang with Boston. That was impressive. And I was very happy with how the Spurs played in that game. Phoenix, of course, you mentioned at the top, you know, take half your team. Um, but it is Phoenix. Uh, I was impressed because the young guys got the minutes they needed. Uh, I was happy with that fourth quarter. And Paul, I'll tell you why. You're up 19. Of course, they're young guys. You know, they, they, this is good for their experience. To blow a lead like that against the Phoenix team without Devin Booker, that was a little concerning to me. And then in Dallas, uh, well, I'm not going to touch on Kawhi too much, but of course it's good to have him back. Um, but I want to talk about this is the slow starts this team has had, particularly take Kawhi out of it. They've had slow starts. Of, it's like a reoccurring theme. and It's kind of concerning uh, for me at least. And uh, of course with Kawhi coming back, Pop did mention, you know, it's going to take a while for the guys to you know get, get, get back into the flow of things, you know, all that, which is, I completely agree with that. But this team was having trouble even before Kawhi even got back into the fold to start games off. So, uh, like it was a little bit weird, but I feel they should have won that game. But they made some mistakes down the stretch, um, you know, turnovers, very poor shot selections, and that cost them that game. So uh, for those three games overall, I think they played fairly well for the most part. Yeah, and uh, let, I want to go back to the Boston point there. You know, there was a there just a few weeks ago there was a record there was a, a part of the record where. They were only beating bad teams. Like at one point, they had like 14 wins, and all 12 of them came from uh, 12 of those 14 wins were coming from minus 500 teams. So in a way, their record looked a little shady here, where it looked like they were just beating up on the on the bad opponents. Which you know they have to do what they have to do. They're getting the majority of the league's not very good right now. But like you mentioned, now they have wins over Toronto, they have wins over Minnesota. They were with Golden State. They fought, they beat Boston there. So 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 those wins against um, better teams in the league. Uh, those are finally starting to show in the Spurs' record. I think it's their fourth one when they beat Boston the other night. So, um, you know, it's it's not just that that record where you're just scared that it's uh, that that it's only, you know, the bad teams that they're beating. They've actually beaten some good teams. And again, like you mentioned, that's without Kawhi. Uh, going to some of that, that opening game data, like you're mentioning here, uh, the first quarter you're right is a bad one for them. Um, they're, they're, they're barely hanging on there. They're, they're only um, outscoring teams by 1.9 points per 100 possessions, which isn't very good. And then in the second quarter, they, they're minus 1.3 points per 100. Uh, so, so you're right. The, the data definitely reflects what you're seeing. The eye test is seeing in the start of games in those, in those first quarters, especially. Uh, and as far as the Dallas game to me, man, it's like, now that Kawhi's back, it's almost like a brand new season where you have to give it, you know, 10, 20 games here and really see where the data starts to kind of compile and, and what's really going to happen. Because I think it will be weird for them these first, you know, five to 10 games with Kawhi back in the fold. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I mean, like I said, Pop said, you know, it's going to take time for these guys to get things back together. And as far as I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Kawhi has practiced with the majority of the team. I think he just went with like some of the rookies and some of the 
uh, so-called D-leaguers. So I think that's the most he's practiced. But, you know, the main guys, LaMarcus, you know, Patty, all those, Tony, he, I don't think he's practiced with them yet. Yeah, I know you're right. Uh, you know, the, 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 I think it was Manu and Danny Green told the media that, that they haven't actually practiced with him in a full practice. It's been like, yeah, you're right. The, the younger guys, uh, three on three, you know, there was a report that he was first working out with uh, Tony Parker and Tim Duncan and uh, Matt Bonner before he started working out with the Spurs, the actual players. So, so yeah, they haven't had a full practice yet, and it's going to take a while. But, I mean, let's go to move into our first topic of the day, which is obviously the, the return of Kawhi Leonard. He's officially back uh, in that game against Dallas. On Tuesday, he played three quarters. At one point, he was their leading scorer, where he had scored, like, I think, six of their first eight points. Uh, you know, he just had it all again. Let me just read you his quick stat line. So he only played 16 minutes, uh, limited minutes here. Shoots 50% on 12 shots. He took the second most shots to, to LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, he grabbed six rebounds active on the glass already, uh, one assist, one steal, one block, and 13 points. So, you know, Pop basically held him back and just said, here, go go, go play some basketball for a little bit. And this dude still put up some crazy stat lines. So what did you think of his of – his, um, what you just saw from him in those first uh, 16 minutes here? Well, I mean, you know, first of all, like I said, it's good to have him back. I mean, just to see him on the floor, even if he did, even if he went over seven, I would be happy he was on the floor. But I mean, the fact that he, the statue just put up, Paul. I mean, the, the fact that he did all that in his first game after missing 27 regular season games, not counting the usual off season, plus when he got hurt back in May against Golden State, all that time off, and he still put up those numbers. I'm like. <laughs> I tweeted out. I, I literally tweeted before the game. I was like, "Okay, I'm not expecting much. He's going to be rusty, but it'll be good to have him back." And he shut me up real quickly. I was like, "You know what? Good on Kawhi." I mean, he came out to me. That means you know what? If he can do that in one game in what 15 minutes, imagine a full game from him. But we won't get to see that unfortunately for a while, I think. But I mean, I was very impressed with his with his return. Yeah, I mean, just, just seeing it, like you know, we've obviously been watching the Spurs here for uh, for a, a good. Good sample size, about 27 games before Kawhi came back. And, and they don't have a guy who you can just give the ball to and he can just drive down and shoot a mid-range jumper, shoot at three that quickly, uh, who, can, who can work from either low block, who can run the pick and roll so casually. Uh, and, and that's what Kawhi does. And he's just such a, a big part of their offense. And, of course, defensively we saw how um, he, he was just grabbing all these crazy rebounds over like three or, three or four guys uh, when he was in those minutes. So he's definitely going to bring a lot more to their team like, you know, like they were missing, even though they were still third in the Western Conference without him. And um, like you mentioned, you know, it's, it's going to be for Spurs fans. They really need to be patient here because they're going to want to see him in 30, 30 to 35 minutes against some of the better teams. But remember, Pop's going to treat this just like Tony Parker, where he may not play in some back to backs. He's definitely going to maybe play maybe play three quarters of some of these initial games. And it'll take a while before he, you finally start seeing the old Kawhi in terms of minutes and, and, and his um, his stamina level. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is with with Kawhi, I mean, you don't want to rush, particularly him. I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. Tony Parker's an important piece too, but Kawhi is the, your guy. Him and Lamarcus are the main two guys of this team. And either of them, if either of them were injured, or Kawhi was, but I mean, if Lamarcus was injured the same way, I know Pop would have the exact same response he's had. As much as fans may not agree with it or may want to be impatient and see him play a full game, as much as he Kawhi himself may be capable of giving us a full game, I think. The right approach to take this and you know what, take it game by game and see how he feels afterwards. Yeah, and, and you know, and just again, before he came back, they were already third in the Western Conference. If this team can do that with without him, you, you definitely want to. You you have the luxury of of really not forcing him to play to play a lot of minutes here. Uh, moving on to our second topic, let's talk about this balance between Kawhi and Aldridge. Once uh, once you know Kawhi definitely gets his legs under him and Pop puts him back into his normal minutes. So. 
One of the things you want to see is, is uh, I'm interested to see is, does Pop kind of stagger them this year? So let me read you some stats real quick, Stephen, uh, before I let mm-hmm. you answer this. Uh, right now, LaMarcus is playing 33.6 minutes per game, which is about one minute more than last year, actually. So he, he played 32 last year. His usage rate, though, is 28.9%, the top leader of the team. Last year, there was a 24.9%. He was the second go-to guy on the team. Um, Kawhi's usage rate last year was um, 33.4, uh, 31%. So he was obviously the, t- the top guy to go to. Now, in their minutes together, in, in, in Kawhi's minutes on the floor, 77% of the time last year were spent with Aldridge on the floor. And same thing for LaMarcus. When he was on the floor, Pop had Kawhi with him 82% of the time. So, so my, my question to you, Stephen, is do you think in order to keep them both as very aggressive on the ball and that way they don't have to kind of share as much, um, you know, in, in the middle of a game, not the fourth quarter, but I'm talking like in the middle of a game, Pop should stagger their minutes more where he has one of Kawhi or one of LaMarcus pretty much on the floor when, when it's a close game? I say yes, because I wrote about this last night in, or in my piece, in our players' piece, is that the whole big question that everyone wants to know around the NBA is can Kawhi and LaMarcus coexist together? And for the first, what, two and a half seasons uh, that LaMarcus was here, the answer was no, because LaMarcus, we, we all know the history. I'm not going to go into it. We all know the history that he's had uh, you know, struggling to adapt to the system and all that. This season has been clearly – whatever Pop told him offseason has worked because LaMarcus has had the best season in his first uniform by far. Um, coming back, to me, it, obviously, LaMarcus looked uncomfortable against Dallas. I mean – uh, I'm not sure if that's had, had anything to do with Kawhi being back or not. I'm not going to speculate or anything, but yes, I do think at, at certain points there's going. Obviously, there's going to be points where Pop is going to want to should do that. I think because, and I'll tell you this: if you look at the opening last night, I'm, and again, guys and Paul, everybody listening, it's only one game. You cannot judge it off of one game, but unfortunately, that's all we have to go off of is this. So if you look at last night, Kawhi had, like you said, he had the ball the majority. That of the first what, five minutes of the game, he had the ball. LaMarcus got it maybe once or twice, and he missed those those initial shots that he took. Um, so Kawhi clearly is going to command the ball when he's on the floor. There's no question about that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But LaMarcus needs to get his minutes, as, his uh, scoring as well. So I do feel that you're right. I do think he that Pop should maybe, maybe as the season goes on and, and Kawhi gets adjusted to the normal minutes he usually gets, to kind of do that. Put, put LaMarcus on the floor when Kawhi's resting or put Kawhi on the floor when LaMarcus is resting. That way you always have one guy who is your go-to guy. Because if it's going to be the same thing we saw the past couple of seasons, it may be – the same situation where Kawhi is the go-to guy and LaMarcus may be the hot player at the time, but because he's Kawhi Leonard, he's going to be taking that big shot. So it does concern me a little bit, but again, this is a brand new season, so to speak. So we'll see. Yeah. And, and, you know, so, so yeah, I'm, you're right. We're both very, we're both interested in seeing if pop definitely does that staggers or minutes more often than, than, than kind of playing them too much. Like he did last year. Uh, you know, and, 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 and there's no, there's the, there's the counter argument that is that, you know, he's pops kind of trying to, trying to keep his two best players on the fourth, uh, most of the game, uh, together. Right. And then of course they have a pretty good bench uh, historically. So, so the bench usually carries them. Now, another guy I want to ask you about real quick is let's just say he does do the staggering thing. Do you think, um, Rudy Gay, or even just when Kawhi back, should I say, once Kawhi gets his feet under him, do you think Rudy Gay still stays with this aggressiveness as being right now? He's the second playmaker for the Spurs, uh, behind Aldridge with a, um, with a 23.8% uh, usage rate. 
But do you think well, that he kind of tails off here? Um, and, and do you think it, it becomes to a point where it's almost like Richard Jefferson level? Or do you think he's going to be okay figuring out where to get his shots, where to create for the offense, um, being the third option now? Well, I don't think it'll be Richard Jefferson level. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, I like Rige. I mean, the guy has played very well this, to start the season. He, it, we've seen spurts of him kind of channel, you know, the, the Rudy Gay of the Memphis Grizzlies days when he was there. We've seen spurts of that, and I, I kind of like that. I, I, I feel like if you have a Leonard Aldridge Gay on, on the floor together, that's a very lineup. I mean, Sean Ellie has said it many times in the broadcast, you know, kill, uh, Rudy Gay is a natural scorer. That's just what he does. And when you – I feel like this is the thing – this team is – I don't think fans or any maybe even media members realize how deep this team can be because you got Rudy Gay, Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge, and you even go deep. Brent Forbes is playing very well. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, the broadcast that we did kind of encouraged that a little bit. But I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I like this team. I really like Rudy Gay, and I do feel like uh, – I do agree with you. I, I do see – I do think that maybe – he could be that next go-to, quote-unquote, go-to guy for the Spurs, uh, next guy up, so to speak. Yeah, and and for for what I got to see is when they're all, you know, when they're all three together and they're they're healthy. I want to see, you know, when one of them has the ball, what are the other two doing? Are are the other two like fighting for boards? Are they setting good screens? Are they kind of, you know, staying out of the three-point line so that way uh, they their 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 defender can't help out on the other player? So if Rudy stays that way, he's still getting, you know, getting some assists, getting some rebounds, um, playing some defense, and the same thing for Aldridge, and same, you know, same thing for Kawhi. Then I think they're going to have a really good system here. And Rudy's shown that he's that he can do that. Even if he doesn't have a hot shooting night, he's shown that he can get like eight rebounds in a game and, and like four assists. So I, I think right now, from what we've seen from Gay, he's going to be okay being that third playmaker for them. And you know, like you mentioned, they don't really have to run a, run a lot of plays for him. If he has a mismatch, you give him the ball wherever he's at, and he can go one on one and take that player. And Kawhi and Lamarcus can kind of just spread out. So so we'll see how it goes uh, with the three playmakers now for the Spurs as uh, Kawhi's back. Uh, Steve and I are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family's safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Thank you, Spurscast listeners. Uh, you were listening to Spurscast, episode 474 with Steven Anderson at ProjectSpurs.com and Paul Garcia. Uh, now Steven and I are going to go into the Spurs Twitter questions. So each week we ask you all, um, the listeners, to go on to Twitter, use the hashtag Spurscast, and send us your questions that you have, anything that's on your mind regarding the Spurs. Okay, Steven, our first one comes from at Spurs in the Six. Uh, this is a little long one, so, so just listen up. It's that they ask, I mean, they say five threes in a game, plus 21 um, rating and 35 minutes of playing time. Next game drills a game-winning three-pointer, leading the team in three-point percentage, improving defense. 
What do you think of a at Spurs cast dedicated to the walking bucket? Uh, P.S. The summer of Bryn continues. So, so this person's uh, basically saying, obviously, we're not going to dedicate a whole show to Bryn Forbes because we've already been talking about Kawhi mo- mostly. But Stephen, let's definitely give Bryn some 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 some, um, some a highlight moment here. Uh, what have you thought about it, man? Because you, you know th- this person's right that that uh, he had 17 points against Miami. He was five for five from the floor. Uh, a few nights later, he scores six points against Boston. But remember, he guarded Ky- Kyrie Irving for the majority of that fourth quarter because Danny Green got hurt and Kawhi wasn't there. Then against Phoenix, he only had 11 points, but he hit the game winner, which was that three-pointer uh, that gave the Spurs the lead when they almost lost that game. And overall, Stephen, um, he's played 18 minutes a game. Pop's trusting him. He's, he's a team leader, 42% from three by percentage. He's scoring 6.7 points per game. And Pop has been very complimentary of him, um, you know, lately in interviews. Uh, and, you know, statistically, something that's showing that wasn't showing when you and I had talked about Brynn last time is that when he's on the floor, the Spurs are a plus 1.9 points per 100 possessions. When he's off the floor, they're a plus 5.4. So, again, whether he's on or off, the Spurs are a plus. He's not He's not a detriment statistically and, and as you see by the eye test. What do you think about Brynn Forbes here, Stephen? You know, uh, I, like I joked around earlier, I, I do believe my broadcast was, was the key to this. No, I mean, like, you know, the thing is, <laughs> you had John Diaz on last time. Uh, last, we, we, I heard y'all's discussion about it. You know, the thing is, Bryn is is a I absolutely love him now, <laughs> not just because he's playing very well, but the way he is. I love his attitude, and what I mean by that is, uh, I can't remember which game it was, but he missed a, a couple of free throws. I believe maybe it was the game against Boston. He missed a couple of throws, and you can see on his look, he uh, the look on his face, he was very upset with himself. He went down the next play and he hit a big three, you know, the next right next. First position, he hit a big three to get. Uh, it was a game against Phoenix. He hit, yeah, he hit a big three. He, he he kind of redeemed himself in that way. So you know what I mean. I like his attitude. He's not the type of guy to to let something like that get to him. You know, oh man, I missed those free throws. Now I better get back and I, I I'll have the confidence. He took a big three uh, to give the Spurs the win in Phoenix. So to me, that that says more about him than anything else to me. Because his attitude, the way he carries himself, not only – yes, he's playing very well. Don't get me – there's not – that's awesome as well. But I, I just love the way he carries himself. It is amazing. And I feel that the longer Pop continues to put him out there, the better it might be for this team. Yeah, and you know, for, for those Spurs cast listeners who don't know where the, the walking bucket term comes from, that comes from Rudy Gay after a game earlier this season uh, where Bryn, Bryn played very well. Uh, Gay called him the, the walking bucket. <laughs> Uh, and, and you know, and you're right, Stephen. Um, you know, he's definitely impressed. Obviously, since we, we, we they had only played a few games when you and I had kind of grown him on that last first cast. But mm-hmm. he, he, Pop is definitely trusting him. He's been very, very complimentary. Uh, even one, one of the, it's obviously one, one game of data. But during that game against Boston, the Spurs, when Forbes was on the floor, had a defensive rating of 101.2 points per 100 possessions. When he was off the floor, they were allowing Boston to score 131.6 points per 100 possessions. So. Even in that game when he's playing, he's guarding one of the better, probably one of the, the best, like like a one on one type of break you down kind of players in Kyrie Irving in the league. Uh, he was actually able, not not obviously not able to stop him, but he was actually able to contest shots, make it difficult for Kyrie there in that fourth quarter against Boston. And that's the part is like, we, there's been a lot of comparisons to is he Gary Neal? You know mm-hmm. what is he? And he, he offensively, you know, he can, he can get his own shot off. Poppy mentioned he's starting to create for others. He can, he can, he's like, I, I think every three is going in if it's wide open for him. That's just, that's the level of respect that I've given, you know, that I, that, I, that he see, uh, that I see from him whenever he's taking an open three. 
But the thing about Gary Neal and, and him is that he actually works hard on defense. In a team scheme defense, he's very good. He, he doesn't miss assignments. He might, he might get, you know, he might, he might get let the defender score every now and then on a, on a one-on-one if he just doesn't have the physicality to stay with that player. But overall, he, he's, a, he's a plus on the floor. And, and you're right, you know, he, this is definitely a weapon for the Spurs off the bench. Um, and that is uh, Brent Forbes. And so we'll see how his, continue, his season continues to go now that more players are coming back. So, so minutes will get slashed even for Bryn, um, you know, now that Kawhi's back and especially when Kyle Anderson is back. Uh, Steven, our next question comes from at Greco Suave. Um, they ask, is it possible that Kawhi Leonard, that the Kawhi Leonard Aldridge experiment may not work again, that San Antonio may trade L.A. for Marcus Gasol? Now, before you answer this, Stephen, uh, I, I do got to say to this listener, um, this is actually not legal. You cannot trade. Now that LaMarcus Aldridge signed that contract extension, he cannot be traded at all this season to anyone. Uh, the, the earliest Spurs can try to trade him is next summer coming up uh, in 2018. So, so, so actually, so Aldridge is, is stuck in a Spurs uniform this season. You know, whether him and Kawhi go sour, you know, during the year that their play doesn't work out together, it doesn't matter. Aldridge is going to stay on the team. So let's rephrase this, Stephen. What about in the coming summer? Do you think if, if they had they had some issues, uh, you know, it, not issues, but you know, it just didn't work out again. Let's say let's say they get bounced in like round two or something. Um, do you think that they would look at Gasol? Because obviously Gasol will probably be on the trade block um, with Memphis's direction that they're going right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I wish people would stop with this whole Lamarcus. Oh, he, he needs to be traded. Blah blah blah. All that. I mean, look at the season he's had right now. For, forget Kawhi for a second. Look at the season LaMarcus has had up to this point. We're, uh, we're on December 13th. Can you find me another player other than Marcus Saul, who a big man who can play at that level consistently on a night like that? I mean, yeah, and I'm not t- I know we have your Anthony Davis, you have your DeMarcus Cousins, but a, a guy with that much heart, that much you know passion – Way he plays, Lamarcus. I, I know I've been a huge Lamarcus fan, even through the bad years that he he was here in San Antonio, or he is here in San Antonio. But the the first few years. But I mean, do I do I see it happening? No. And the reason I say is this because I feel the way the because of the season Lamarcus has had, and I do continue to have even after Kawhi goes back. I I do believe they'll give it a full season together with this quote unquote new Lamarcus. And because if LaMarcus could have done all that with a fully healthy Kawhi, there's no question in my mind there's supposed to be at least one or two right now. There's no question in my mind. But we don't know, mainly because obviously Kawhi was hurt. But I feel they, they let it right out this season because Kawhi's missed a quarter of the season. All they got, it's, like you said, Paul, it's going to take, what, 20 games, maybe 30 games for them to get fully adjusted again. So you really can't really jump that on, on right now is it fair to judge him on half a season i don't know but only way i see it happening is if lamarcus goes to pop and says you know what i tried it it doesn't work i want to be traded that's the only way i can see that happening yeah i, I totally agree with you um it's obviously way too early to tell we don't know how, how he's going to play with Kawhi back um you know whether they get along and like i mentioned they're they're, they're stuck with each other for this season now heading into the summer i i I'm, I'm in that camp with you where I feel like if if they, 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 say, they say it doesn't work out in the playoffs, you know, they, they just it just never clicks between the both of them. I could see LaMarcus maybe going to Pop and saying, hey, man, you know, I tried it and, and we tr- it's just not going to work with, with the type of game that both of us play. So, so maybe he would look at maybe asking to become a number one option, especially since he's got some security now that he's got like three or four years on his new deal, uh, regardless of where he goes. So and of course, Mark, you know, we don't even know if Mark will still be on the Grizzlies by that time if he's even a trade piece. 
because uh, he could get moved in before February with the direction the Grizzlies are going. So there's a lot of what ifs right now. And for now, I think that Lamarcus will, you know, probably uh, finish out that contract with the Spurs of, as of where we're at today. Our next question, Stephen, comes from at Grico Suave, uh, the same person. They ask, uh, is the George Hill reunion still a possibility? Uh, they're asking about a trade. So I think this guy just wants to make trades all over the place, even though the Spurs <laughs> are third in the West and Kawhi hasn't been back. But, you know, let's just answer it. So, Stephen, let me give you a trade. Well, first of all, legally, George Hill cannot be traded in for, for two more days, not until December 15th because he signed as a free agent uh, in Sacramento there. But, Stephen, here's a trade that they probably need to do to the Spurs. if they Let's just say they wanted George Hill back. They probably need to move for, for money purposes. They probably have to move um, – George is making twenty million, so they'd have to, they'd have to move Pau Gasol for sixteen million and tie in somebody like Kyle Anderson, uh, Dejounte Murray, a Brent Forbes, a, a Derek White, or a Bertan. So so Pau Anderson and probably one of those four younger prospects. Do you think that would be worth it for George Hill? <laughs> okay, first of all, who tweeted this? Rico Suave, you said. Yes, at Rico Suave. Okay, dude, stay off of ESPN Trade Machine. Let me let me just point that out because I mean, look. No, <laughs> that, that, if you want the quick answer, no, because I get Pal Gasol is is in his late is in the later years of his career. Davis Bertans is instant offense. We've seen that from him. Uh, who was he on Kyle Anderson? You said, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, Kyle. We're gonna touch on Kyle, I think, later. But I mean, Kyle is has has had the best season of his career. Yes, Gasol is as an older player. He's a veteran. But you know what? He's a seven-foot center who can make an impact in the paint. He may not be able to score like he used to. All you need him to do is block and rebound. That's exactly what he's done. So, no, I would not do that in a heartbeat. No way. Yeah, and, you know, and, and you know, George kind of signed up for this. He knew he was signing up. Like he, he, there was an article that came out that he was a little upset that, that they're not in the playoff race, so the Kings, and they're kind of going to the youth movement. But it's like, dude, like you took the money for, for, for that. You know, so, you know, he's kind of stuck there. And, you know, why would the Grizzlies – not the Grizzlies, the Kings, take um, Gasol's contract back in, in exchange for Hill, they're going to want a young piece, and the Spurs aren't going to do that just for George Hill, when still, even if you got Hill, you're, you're, you're really thinning out your, your big man lineup, and then you're throwing in another guard where there's no minutes already at the wing position. So I just don't think that that trade would work um, at Grifo Swamp. Our, um, our next question uh, from the Spurs cast listeners comes from at insomniac underscore games. They ask, uh, is Kyle going to be out of the rotation once he returns? With Kawhi in the starting lineup and Rudy coming off the bench, how will Pop find him minutes? How will Pop find minutes for him? That's an interesting one because I remember. Okay, this Pop said this before the injury to Kyle. He says, you know, even when Kawhi comes back, I'm gonna have to find minutes for Kyle because of how well he's played in, filling in for Kawhi. And obviously, Rudy Gay. We all we talked about Rudy Gay earlier. So that's the thing. I don't know. I mean. Kyle has played very well. And you're talking to a guy, Paul, who has not been the biggest fan of Kyle Anderson. I don't know if I made that clear on Twitter, but I mean, I've never been a really big fan of him until this season. He's really changed my mind. And I hope Pop continues to give him minutes because Kyle has improved beyond what I thought this season. And not just because he's filling in for Kawhi, but I mean, yes, he's gotten more minutes because of his uh, Kawhi's not being there. But I mean, Kawhi's game overall has improved. So I hope not. I hope that Pop continues to give him minutes. But of course, you know who that leaves out? Leaves Davis Bertanza. It might leave, it might leave uh, Bryn Forbes out of the rotation. And this, this team is just so deep, not everyone's going to get minutes. I mean, we saw Joffrey Laverne uh, before 
when he came back from injury, um, he didn't get minutes in some games because this team is just so deep. And there's, there's going to be situations like that. So uh, I hope Kyle continues to get some minutes. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was going back to that quote that you mentioned from Pop. That was the biggest one. Is even before Kawhi came back, that before Kyle got hurt, like you mentioned, Pop had said, I got to find the minutes. But, you know, it's hard, like you mentioned. So, so the person I think that – I think he's going to be fighting with uh, – not fighting, but competing with uh, Davis Bertans for minutes. So, so let's check this out. And Kyle's playing 27.4 minutes per game. That's obviously going to go down. Now, before Kyle got injured, Bertans is only playing 7.4 minutes per game. Now that Kyle's gone for now for five games – uh, Bertans has seen an increase 15.6 minutes per game. So I think it's that four spot. One of those two guys is going to get minutes. One's going to lose minutes um, dramatically. And it's going to be based off matchup, I think. I think if it's a defense where the Spurs need to spread it around, they, they're going to throw in Bertans. If it's a defense where they need another uh, ball handler who can run some pick and roll, post up, you know, initiate from, from the top of the arc, it's Kyle Anderson. But again, both of those guys still will not get their fair share of minutes because Rudy Gay will be played a lot of four uh, next to LaMarcus, and then Kawhi's going to be there at the three. So regardless, uh, Bryn, Kyle, and, and Bertens, and even Brandon Paul, we could throw him in there. These guys are going to have some nights where they don't play a lot, and then there's some nights where they do based on matchups. So they just got to get used to that. The four of them just aren't going to be part of the, the core rotation every single night when you have Kawhi back now. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's like it, – it, I mean, pe- people don't realize. I mean, when you, when you look at teams right now around the NBA, and you mentioned there's not a lot of teams who are playing too hot. I mean, if you include Houston, Golden State, the Spurs in the, in the West, I mean, other than that, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> so, so, I mean, but if you look at those two teams, the top two, Houston, Golden State, you you think of you know James Harden, Steph Curry, Durant, you know, uh, uh, those are the main guys you think of, right? And you, whenever you think of the Spurs, you think of Kawhi Leonard and D- Lamarcus Aldridge, but you don't you you don't hear a guy Davis Bertans, Bryn Forbes, Brandon Paul, Rudy Gay. Those are not household names, you know. And people don't realize how deep this team really is. If you if once the Spurs are fully healthy, which it shocked me on December thirteenth, they're still not fully healthy. Um, you know. They don't realize how good this team can be when fully healthy. I mean, like I said, you you took a team like Boston, you you beat a team like Boston, you you held with on with Golden State, that and that, that's all without your best player. I think that should tell you more about this team than a a a, what, a five point loss against Dallas. That I think that tells a, a game like that against two top teams should tell you more. Yeah, and, you know, this is something that Monty brought up was that, you know, he says Pop's going to have a good problem, as, as he coined it, on, <laughs> on, his, on his hands when everybody's healthy. And, you know, I think they had said uh, Kyle was going to be out about two to three weeks. Woj had put that out right when he got hurt after the OKC game with yeah. that MCL sprain. But Kyle looks like he's on track to get back pretty quickly, too. He's already been um, shown practicing on the road of all places, so he's already traveling with the team. Uh, he's, he's getting in his, his workouts. So even he could be back pretty soon. And obviously they're not going to rush him now that they have a full lineup and they don't really have minutes for him. So, so this will be like Manu said, a good problem to have for pop. And he's really just going to have to figure out, you know, how, how does he work it out with all these different um, role players who, who have been playing well without Kawhi. Now that Kawhi's back, um, you know, they still got to find some, some spots to play them. And that's up to pop. We'll see how he does uh, from here on out. Uh, la- okay, thank you, SpursCast listeners, for sending us those questions using hashtag SpursCast. If you'd like to uh, have your, your questions answered on next week's episode, again, send them to hashtag SpursCast. The last segment of our SpursCast, episode 474, Stephen and I will break down the next three games uh, for the Spurs, which is probably before I record the next episode 475. 
Okay, so Stephen, let's go ahead and do, start predictions here. Um, last week, I, I was by myself, but one of our Project Sports writers couldn't make it on the show, so uh, I called the the, the 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 record right. I went two and one, just like, but I got the losses wrong. I thought they lose to Boston, and it said they they lost to Dallas. Okay, so Stephen, their first game, the Spurs play uh, the Houston Rockets Friday night. Houston is the best team in the NBA by record, twenty one and four. They are currently ten and zero in the NBA. I mean, uh, uh, in their last ten games. They're beating teams by 17.6 points per game. In their last 10 games, they have the the best offense, 118 points per point four points per 100 possessions, and the third best defense during that stretch, 100.9 points per 100 possessions. Uh, their leading scorers during this third this uh, this 10 game stretch: James Harden, 34 points; Chris Paul, 16 points; and Clint Capella, 15 points. Uh, who do you have in this game between San Antonio at Houston on Friday? Well, first off, I'm very sad. I'm going to miss these next two games due to graduation, but I think I have a good reason for it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I mean, this game against Houston, you know, Paul, I wonder because – and I say this with all respect. What I, I wonder how which Spurs team is going to show up. And what I mean by that is the slow starts, the, bad, the inconsistency on offense. And I'm talking before – like I said, before Kawhi even got back. Now, let's not really put that into a factor – this team has struggled offensively this season. There's no doubt about it. And then they've kind of come back. But against a team like Houston, who is – I mean, we we saw the Spurs in the playoffs with them uh, last season. You know, they, Houston's a very good offensive team. Do, do the Spurs have enough in the tank offensively to compete with that? The answer is yes, they do. But will it show up in Houston? That's the big question. That's the big question mark. Uh, to answer the question, uh, do I see how do I see it going? I think the Spurs lose in Houston. Uh, will it be a blowout? I don't know. I, I just don't see the Spurs winning based on Kawhi still getting back. He's still not, he's still not fully in game form yet. Uh, Pop is obviously going to limit his minutes. There's no doubt about that. Um, so I see the Spurs losing because Houston's going to double LaMarcus. I have no doubt about that in my mind. But when you have Danny Green, Brandon Forbes, will they be able to make that big shot? They have in the past. Can they do it against Houston? I'm not sure. So I think the Spurs lose. Okay, I have the Spurs loss as well, and I think it's a a a, a big loss, like not a, not a big loss like in terms of the record, but it, it, it's like a, a double digit loss. And here's why: uh, Kawhi will be on a minutes restriction, like you mentioned. He's only going to play maybe three quarters, maybe a little bit of the fourth now that he's he's played a second game. So Kawhi's on a minutes restriction. First of all, with having him back, they're still in that transition phase of you know who goes to where on offense, you know what's the balance there between him and Lamarcus, et cetera. Uh, and then I, they, you got to remember they have a game on Saturday in Dallas. The Spurs don't want to lose back uh, two two games in a row, especially that would be three in a row when you consider they just lost to Dallas on Tuesday. So Pop, I think Pop's going to kind of coach it like if if we keep it close going to the fourth quarter, I'll play the guys a lot of minutes. But if it's like it's already like 15 plus by the like midway to the third quarter, I'm calling it early. Let the young guys play because I got to save their legs for for Saturday night where there's actual winnable game uh, in San Antonio against Dallas. So I think that. Pop's going to be very, very um, – have like a tight rope on, on how far he wants to push his, his star players, uh, his vets, in terms of their minutes. So I think that if they go down early, he might just let the young guys just kind of see what they can do like they did against OKC. And um, he might just let, let them, you know, you know, basically – not, not only say take a loss, but, you know, see what see what the young guys can do. So, so I'm not counting on the Spurs to get a win that night um, in Houston on Friday. Okay, Stephen, the next night the Spurs go back home and they play uh, Dallas again for the last time this season. Dallas is still eight and twenty on um, this year. They're fifteenth in the West, but they're playing well. Like as we just saw uh, Tuesday night, they're five and five in their last ten games. 
Offensively, they're scoring 106.3 points per 100 possessions, which is 13th during the the last 10 games. And defensively, they have the fifth-best defense during this stretch, 101.7 points per 100 possessions. Uh, Their leading scorers are Harrison Barnes, 17 points per game, Wesley Matthews, 13 points, and Dirk, 12 points in the last 10 games. Who do you have in this one in San Antonio? See, I have the Spurs because it should be a win. (laughs) But as we saw in Dallas last night – yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I think the Spurs kind of learned from their mistakes last night in Dallas. I, I feel like, you know what, to play the Mavericks so close to the game where you have won, I think the Spurs will kind of, you know what, we learned from these mistakes. We're not going to make these mistakes again. Hopefully not. And we're going to get this win in Kawhi's home debut, if he even plays. So, um, yeah, I, I see the Spurs winning that game. Okay, I, I agree with you too. I think that, uh, uh, like you mentioned, we don't know if Kawhi's going to play, but I think that they'll be okay against Dallas that second night because because I think they're going to lose to Houston. Pop's not going to play the Vets too many minutes, and I yeah. think that he'll have he'll have a majority of his team ready to go against Dallas. And he, I think that they definitely want to get that that game as more of the, the win uh, that that looks like a, the brighter win for them. Uh, okay, and then the, the last game um, for, for before the next first cast, uh, we're, it's going to be Monday. Uh, the Spurs play the Clippers in San Antonio. Uh, the Clippers currently are 10 and 15. They are 10th in the Western Conference. Uh, they're five and five in the last 10 games. Pretty surprising, considering they've, they've lost Blake Griffin for a while. Um, offensively, they're they're mediocre. 105.7 points for 100 possessions in the last 15 games. I mean, in the last 10 games. And then defensively, they've really taken a hit. They're allowing 110.8 points for 100 possessions, which is 25th in the last 10 games. In their last 10 games, their leading scorers are Lou Williams, 22 points per game, Austin Rivers, 17 points per game, and DeAndre Jordan, 12 points per game. Who do you think wins Monday in San Antonio? I have the Spurs winning because, uh, like you mentioned, Paul, no Blake Griffin for the Clippers. Uh, obviously, he, he was injured with a knee injury. Um, Patrick Beverly, I believe, also got hurt with him. Mm-hmm. So so um, that's two main guys for them that won't be, won't be playing. Spurs should have enough of the tank, even with Kawhi on a minute's restriction, to win that game. I don't see a, a situation where they don't, un, unless, God forbid, another injury c- goes down with LaMarcus or something. I mean, I see them winning. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, too. I, I got the Spurs in a win there. Uh, you know, it's, it's you know Dallas is – I mean, the Clippers are obviously having some issues. So even as the Spurs work back in Kawhi, they should be okay um, overall as a team with their depth and, and their system. They should, they should be able to get that win against the Clips. Okay, Steven, man, uh, thank you again for joining SpursCast, episode 474. Uh, SpursCast listeners, you can follow him at Steve M. Anderson underscore. Uh, and Steven, man, uh, congratulations again on graduating this weekend. Have fun, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Have a great one. Thank you again to Steven for joining me on SpursCast, episode 474. Again, if you're on Twitter, please follow him at Steve M. Anderson underscore. Continue sending us SpursCast questions using the hashtag SpursCast whenever you have a question regarding the Spurs, and we'll make sure to address it here on SpursCast. If you're on Twitter, please follow us at Project Spurs, at ATLeague underscore NBA, at the SpursCast, and at Project Spurs Network. Please visit ProjectSpurs.com, AnalyzingTheLeague.com, and ProjectSpurs.net. And again, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. We'd really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.